When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. from Goldsboro, North Carolina, and you're listening to the Case Watch Podcast. Bye. I really love her accent. I do, too. I love a Southern accent. Is it, like, really inappropriate when you... Is it, like, appropriating an accent? Because I, I hear accents, certain ones, and then, I'm like, I have to try to do them. Makes me feel like I'm appropriating other people's accents, but I love it. And I mean it in the best way possible. Absolutely, My favorite accent that I get to hear mass is funny because it's, I'm surrounded by it. Southern accent is great. My favorite Australian. I do like Australian. I do very much. So I love listening to the Irish. That is good too. Yeah. Real uh, good. I used to be wicked into sons of anarchy when it was yes. on and they had that whole series that yep. was over in Belfast and I was like in heaven loving it. Me too. All right. Literally charity. My phone is going off right now and it says Adam Montgomery faces several new charges breaking news. So I'm going to read it right here with you guys yes. right here. Attorney general, John Formella, Manchester police chief, Alan D. Allenberg, and the Bureau of ATF, Firearms and Explosives, Special Agent in Charge, James Ferguson. I need a lot more of these titles in my life, All apparently. Right. U.S. states. Okay, a lot of people, we're just going to leave it at that, announced that Adam Montgomery, age 32, of Manchester, New Hampshire, has been arrested for eight charges related to the theft of a firearm that occurred in September, October 2019. 
Montgomery is currently being held at the Hillsborough County House of Corrections. These charges allege that between September 2019 and October 2019, in Manchester, Adam Montgomery stole a rifle and a shotgun from C.F. Must be mm. name withheld is obviously what that is. The eight charges consist of two charges of theft by unauthorized taking for stealing the rifle and the shotgun, two charges of receiving stolen property for receiving and retaining said shotgun and rifle, two charges of a felon possession of the rifle and the shotgun. All right. So we're just going to keep rolling these charges after having been connected, convicted of two or more qualifying felonies. Two charges of armed career criminal for possessing the rifle and the shotgun after, wow, they are really going after him, which is good. Yep. Um, after being convicted of three or more qualified felonies. So it's just weird. Like, that's one of the things I don't really understand. Like, they charge the same thing like 18 different ways. Right. I don't really understand that. The armed career criminal, well, here we go. This explains it. The armed career criminal charges are special felonies with each one carrying a mandatory minimum term of 10 years in state prison. Sorry about that. That would be my ring alarm going off. <laughs> the theft of receiving stolen property charges are class A felonies, and they each carry a maximum term of seven and a half to 15 years in state prison. And the felon and possession charges are class B felonies that each carry a maximum term of three and a half to seven years in state prison. Adam Montgomery is expected to be arraigned on these charges on April 5th, 2022 at 1 p.m. at the Hillsborough County Superior Court, Northern District. Good. Guys, get out there and rally and let them know how much of a scumbag he is. He, better, he needs to start talking. I hope he already has. Because- so here's the thing. I applaud them for what they're doing. They know he's a scumbag. Yep. They know he knows way more than he's saying, and this is their way of keeping him under wraps until they can figure it out. Did you see the interview with um, Harmony's mother, one of the interviews? I did, and I have reached out to her. A lot of people have asked me why we haven't had her on. I have reached out to her numerous times that have not been returned. They asked her outright what she thought, and she said she, she, and I don't know if this is wishful thinking, but she said she didn't think that he would kill her and that he, she thought hopefully he just couldn't handle her and gave him, gave her to someone. Yeah. But with all the stuff surrounding this case, I know, wouldn't that have come out by now? I know. But as a mother, you probably just wishful thinking. I mean, did he sell her for Ugh, drugs or you don't oh know? God, I, don't even, I can't. That's the sad part about this case. Yeah. And it, it being adorable and all that has nothing to do with it. No. But she's just the cutest little she thing is. in the whole wide world. And it just upsets me because we've said numerous times that there's so many people out there that all they want is a child and they can't. And you get people like him who all they want is to get out from their child and it just sickening. So we're going to keep our eyes on that. Obviously they're doing their best to keep him in the system. And I do applaud you for that. Thank you very much for putting this work out there and let's keep him away and let's get him charged with the crimes that we all know he should be. Speaking about charges, Charity, do you know what makes me happy? What makes you happy, Mark? Other than when people go onto Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review and write something really cool like, I don't know. Why don't you guys this week write what you think my news name should be? Yes. I love it. And I'll be watching. I mean, between Axel Rog and Castiglione, like I, I can't get much better. I want a news name, too. All right, you leave a news name for me and Charity with a five-star review, and we'll read the best ones next week. Absolutely. Other than that, what makes me happy is hearing crimes that were charged to criminals of a 
certain mental inaptitude. Do you think like maybe like a triple D type of person? Yeah, either a dimwit, a dipshit, or a douchebag. I just happen to have a few. Oh, thank God. Yeah. That would really stink if you looked at me and said, yeah, I didn't do those this week yeah. after that whole rigmarole. Too bad, Mark. <laughs> Too bad. Try back next week. <laughs> Charity, take it away. Yeah, let's just get into it. Gabriel Costin snuck into an empty plane to get to London and to ha- not have to pay airfare. Uh, Pretty simple, right? Yeah. Except airplane staff noticed flashes coming from the cockpit. When they checked, they found Gabriel taking horrible selfies of himself. So he had proof of his antics. Now, all he has proof of is a police record. I love this dude. What society are we living in now when the first thing we do is, let me do something illegal and let me document it on my cell phone. Snap, snap, snap. Look well, at how, me. How many have uh, of these triple Ds have done that? Are I know. Facebook or, you know, they're flaunting money they just stole from a from a bank. I mean, come on. People. Dude, the best one what we haven't covered yet, but it's been on a million different stuff over the years is those idiots that went around with the BB guns and were shooting people in the butt and recording it. And then they were playing this tape at a party. Oh my God. Like, hello idiots. I, how have I not heard about that one yet? That was from years ago. It really? Was in, yeah. The nineties. It's like, what are you oh, doing? That one has not come to me yet. They're total douchebags. Of course. Just letting you know. Thank you. 51 year old William Anderson parked his car and proceeded into a government building to apply for his monthly food stamps. The local sheriff happened to be in that same parking lot, Mark. Okay. The officer thought it was very strange that a man driving an H2 Hummer was applying for food stamps. So he ran the license plate and found out the car was stolen. What a dumbass. You don't steal something that sticks out. I never understood Oh that. my God. It's like the most flashy. <laughs> Come on. I mean, if I was going to steal something and it was like back in, you know, the early 2000s, I would have stole a PT Cruiser. There's a billion of them. That's Go look true. for the silver PT Cruiser. <laughs> okay. There's like 8,000 of them on the road. You know what I'm not well, going to steal? A big ass Hummer H2. Well, and don't pick... Don't pick that vehicle to be the vehicle to drive you to pick up your food stamps, dude. Do you know what I love Take is when you get the idiots that show up to court about their, you know, driving without a license and they, they pull show up to court in a car. Driving. Driving. Yeah. Hello. No, that's that. That gives me major delight. When yeah, I love when I hear those cases. <laughs> I do too. Idiots. Oh, I'm going to move on. Okay. Mitchell Deslate parked his car and walked into a hotel in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Did you like that? I did. Okay. You didn't do it as good as our friend did, but whatever. Close enough. I tried. He spotted a hotel worker and asked for a room. Seems pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. Hey, you need a room. Sure do. You're not you're far away from home. You need somewhere to lay your head. There was a slight problem. Oh, boy. The clerk was actually a state trooper, and the hotel was really the trooper headquarters. <laughs> How do you make that mistake? Mitchell was arrested on the spot for driving while intoxicated. Okay. He was that loaded that he thought the state trooper fortress was a hotel. <laughs> I mean, it looks like- Hey, he did get free room and board for the night. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'll be here all night, people. Bing, bing. Good job, Mark. I try. I love idiots. Don't you, though? That was a good round of Triple D, Thanks, Mark. 
I try sometimes. Guys, have a triple D suggestion for our pal Charity. Send it on over. Info at casewatchpodcast.com. All right. What are you going to delight me with today, Charity? Well, Mark, I'm going to delight you with a more well-known asshat. Okay. Good old Richard Speck. All right. I don't know a ton. But I know this was like a, an American horror story centered style case. Yeah, I, I, I believe it was episode. Uh, excuse me, season one. Yeah, they covered. It was. It was a. It was an episode loosely based on his actions. So I'm excited to hear the case right from you now. Okie doke. I think you tell it better than American Horror Story would. Thanks, Mark. Richard Speck was born in Kirkwood, Illinois, on December 6, 1941. He was the second to youngest of eight children. That's quite a family, huh? That eight is. children. The family was said to be very religious. Okay, that makes sense if they yeah. were. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Things were very normal in the household, and Richard was very well adjusted. Very normal in that household. Until he was six years old. Oh, boy. At this time, his father, only 53 at the time, would die of a massive heart attack. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> Here we go. A few years later, his mother remarried and his stepfather was an abusive alcoholic. So another asshat. It's the same story. It it's, is. It's so bad. After remarrying, the family moved to Dallas, uprooting Richard from all he had known. Now in Dallas, the family would constantly move around the city from one poor neighborhood to the next. So he goes from being very well adjusted, great religious family, to now move, being uprooted from everything he knows. Father passes away and they just bounce in from place to place. Yeah, I get it in a way. Like uh, my dad died when he was 48. Yeah. I know what it does to you inside. Yeah. Doesn't make any excuses for what Absol this guy's going to do. Absolutely not. Richard received many beatings from his stepfather all the while. So little Richard went from being, like I said, in a st yeah. super stable situation as a kid to now in an abusive, unstable situation. While still in his adolescent years, Richard enjoyed hanging out around White Rock. Maybe it was an escape for him. That's kind of what I thought. Once, while playing in the area, the young boy fell from a tree and suffered quite the head injury. We have seen this happen a lot as well. Many murderers have been known to have had head injuries. If the head injury is in the frontal lobe, it can possibly change a person's entire personality. The frontal lobe operates higher cognitive functions like memory, emotions, impulse control, problem solving, social interaction, and motor skills. So if Richard's head trauma was in the frontal lobe, it could have contributed to what he became, along with the abuse and upbringing. So... I have said this in the past too. Like I've read, I've read up on this quite a bit mm -hmm. and I, it's usually in the teenage years. If they suffer a frontal lobe injury, uh, something, like a snap happens and they just, they become completely something different than they were. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm still don't know what to think. Yet. Yeah. They've, well, they've done, they've done studies on serial yeah. killers, but I don't know who, who's to say, right? This is almost Gets into the, you know, have you ever seen Minority Report? Yeah. Kind of gets into that. Where If this happened to everybody, then why don't we just set up like this Minority Report? Oh, your dad died young? You were abused? Right, I know. You um, had a head injury? Right. I mean, so that's, in, in my mind, if this, I, you get what, do you get I where do, I'm going? I do, but this could also be the perfect storm. If you yeah, think it, it that absolutely way could be. All of this combined, like, 
all at once yeah. could have this is a lot. I'm not making excuses for this. No, no, no. I, I know you're not. It's trust just, me. It's good food for thought. It really is. You're right. Like I've said before, the human brain, we just don't understand. It's very true. I think we know more about outer space than we do what goes on inside of our brain. I agree. It's sad to think, but it, it's it ridiculous. Is. It is. Richard was a horrible student. He had to repeat the eighth grade and dropped out of high school his freshman year. Now, not having to go to school, he was able to commit petty crimes full time while consuming lots of alcohol. Oh, so yeah. he wasn't good at school. So he said, forget school. Pretty much. I'm done with it. I don't need to know how to pay for stuff because I'm just going to steal it. Exactly. Yeah. Throughout his years living in Dallas, Richard was arrested 41 times. Holy crap. Most of the arrests were for writing bad checks and burglaries across the city. He got used to spending nights in jail and even did two full years in prison at one point. He was briefly married around this time to a 15-year-old girl named Shirley Malone that he met at the Texas fair and knocked up. How lovely. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Scumbag. Yeah, it's awesome. I said the same thing right after. I said, just lovely. That's funny. Yeah. How nice of him to do the right thing, though. Right, Mark? Yeah. Marry her. Unfortunately, Shirley endured much abuse and rape at her husband's hands. Her husband would rape her while threatening her with a knife. He reportedly requested sex three to four times a day. Ew. Yeah. Richard did have different odd jobs here and there, but always found himself in trouble for one thing or another. He seemed to be proud of his bad boy behaviors and embraced it by getting a tattoo on his arm that said, born to raise hell. Oh my God. He's so cool, guys. What he should have done. Oh my God. I have not thought about this for 25 years. Do you remember... All those idiots that used to drive around with those stickers that had like that guy flexing and this said yep. bad boy club on them. Yep. That's, That's right up there with the co-ed naked t-shirts of the 90s. Oh which God, I did o- own a whole bunch of those. Yeah, of course you did. Of course. My th- parents bought me them and then sent me to school and like they were like, yeah, you can't wear those. And it's like, this is all I have. This is this my is school clothes this year. Did they make you turn them inside out? I did. I would have to really? wear them inside out. Oh, that's I funny. remember one of them was like co-ed naked firefighting. Find him hot. Leave him wet. <laughs> I love it. I can't. Oh my God. These are things that you forget about but until I just find this, this like, kind of stuff. I find this like so cliche, right? Yes. I need for you to know that I was born to raise hell. So I'm going to put it right on my arm for everyone to know. All right, I'm going to drive around in my pickup truck with my big Confederate flag hanging off the back. So, Wee doggy. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. I do want people to know so he did have this very distinct you guys you should see him right now i'm in heaven like, this new recording day is working out great for me <laughs> so he he does have that now distinct born to raise hell on his on his arm and i do want to let people know is he must have had really bad acne as a kid because i, he, I guess his face was full of pock marks okay so that was another distinctive thing just to throw that out there oh and he was only 24 at the time that he got that really cool tattoo great Richard's parole officer had this to say about him. When Speck is drinking, he will fight or threaten anybody, as long as he has a knife or gun. When he's sober or unarmed, he couldn't face down a mouse. That's interesting, huh? That is weird. Very weird. Well, he gets, you know, gives him that fake muscle. I love people like that. Right? They have a few drinks and then they want to go kick some ass. Everybody knows somebody like this. And oh, those totally. are the people that you don't invite out with you because he's just like, I just want to go to McDonald's and get a burger. Right. I really don't want to deal with this. I don't want to have to like deal with your behavior. All right, guys, if you do not have a friend that's like that, newsflash, you're that friend. 
<laughs> Just doing a little help Mark, here. Not our creeps. No. Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Continuing in his violent manner, committing more crimes of robbery, assault, and fraud, Richard's crimes would escalate. He attacked a woman with a knife in a parking lot in 1965. The woman was able to get away from him, but he was found and arrested. He was sentenced to 16 months in jail, but released only after doing six months. Again, why? Why does this happen? It's because he had that born to raise hell tattoo on him. Oh, they he's like, I just have to do it. Do you think they were like, he couldn't help it? Yeah, he yeah. couldn't help it. They got to let him out. Yeah. Yep. He's got the tattoo. If he he's in t- the club. Yeah, that's true. This was a mistake, though, that was made by someone not doing their job. So the madman was free again. So actually, it, it was a clerical error from what oh, I read. Oh, great. So That's he awesome. should have served the full time. What an idiot. And somebody did something and messed up and he was out in six months. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, who knew if the longer jail time would have done anything? Probably not. None of his other times in jail stopped him from committing crime. So pro- you're right. Probably not. I mean, how would it, right? Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Around February of 1966, Shirley would take custody of their child and divorce Richard. I guess she finally had enough of his abuse. I know, that's what I said. Get that kid away. That March, Richard bought a used car and used it as his getaway vehicle after he robbed a local grocery store. That's smart. He's wicked smart. Born to raise hell. Born to raise hell, bro. He sounds like one of those guys. Like, I'm so cool. Yeah, I love it. Did you like my impression? I did. Okay. He, of course, needed to get out of town quickly before he was arrested. So with the help of one of his sisters, he was able to take a bus back to his childhood hometown, Monmouth, Illinois, and was able to stay with some friends. Oh, that was nice that his sister helped him escape. That is. And actually, I completely forgot something at the top of this episode. So let me let me pause you for a minute. I'm paused because you just made me think because the whole born to raise hell, everything Charity's going to try to now drink from her Dunkin Donuts cup that's full of ice. And not make any noise. Go ahead and shake it because it's so funny. Yeah, I'm not joking. She's like, Mark's going to talk. I can I can now take a sip I of like this. I like wicked leaned off to the side. So I, I would say that hello McFly thing. And I threw that out there a couple weeks ago. And I said, would send a t-shirt. I did. So I put everybody that was, we had a lot of people that do it. So apparently we have a lot of smart creeps. So it was from Back to the Future, Marty McFly. And... The correct one, her name was Janet from Dallas, Texas, and I did send her out a douche tree shirt. So enjoy your shirt down in the great old state of Texas. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a douche tree there for sure. Oh my God, I I love that there's a douche tree walking around in Texas. I meant to 
bring that up at the beginning of the last episode. And I completely forgot until you said that. And I, in my head, I was like, McFly, hello. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't tell who on this shirt. So sorry. Thanks guys. See, I'm not as smart as everyone thinks I am. Congratulations on winning your shirt. I know. I love that one too. That's my favorite, that one. I love that one too. Well, back home, he worked as a carpenter for a short time, but became violent yet again. Yeah, great. April 2nd, 1966, a 65-year-old woman named Virgil Harris was robbed and raped violently in her own home. Are you kidding me? Oh, what a loser. She had just returned from a babysitting job when she found Richard in her home. He blindfolded her before he raped her, then stole the $2.50 she received from babysitting. Wow. Yeah. Like, you can't get much lower than that, I don't think. It makes me sick, actually. Gross. Some of Virgil's belongings were later found in Richard's motel room. What a dirtbag. I hate scumbags. I do. I hate them. Just 11 days later, a waitress from a local tavern named Mary K. Pierce. Oh, that's cute. I like that. Was beaten to death with a massive blow to her stomach area. Richard had done some carpentry work for the tavern, and his history of crimes was known by police. Knowing he would be caught for these crimes, off he went back to Chicago. So he keeps evading, you know, evading the police or evading from getting in any trouble. He's just a loser all around, is what I have to say. Back in Chicago, he started working with the U.S. Merchant Marines. It seemed as if wherever Richard traveled to while working on the boat, dead bodies would be discovered or people would disappear. Oh, great. While he was in Michigan on April 2nd, 1966, three girls vanished. Their bodies were never found. Michigan police also thought he could be responsible for four other murders, all women. Again, Richard was gone before the authorities got him. Must have been too hard to uh, extradite him, like if they didn't have enough evidence. That's the only thing I could think of. See. When you start talking about crimes that happened in that era, it makes it hard because I know not everything was linked back then. Things were weird back then. I agree. You would have crimes that would happen like in the town, like say for instance, in the town we're in yeah, and something would happen in the next town over and they would not know about it. Right. I know. It's very odd. It is very odd. He was soon fired because he got into a fight with one of the officers on the boat. He tried to find work on another boat, but the job that was promised to him was given to someone else. I'm wondering if the if word spread about his behavior at the first boat. Probably and they were did. like, yeah, no, we're good. Thanks. That kind of industry, you kind of jump ship around. Literally yeah. jump ship. That's where that term comes from. You would just jump ship to ship. I, I, well, I wouldn't want him on a boat. No. Nope. <laughs> I was working nope. on I'll tell you that right now. Dead body stopped on that boat. Yep. Now unemployed and down on his luck, Richard decided to cheer himself up and start drinking. That's a smart idea. This was on July 13th, 1966. In fact, he spent the entire day drinking at a local Chicago tavern. While he was there, he met a 53-year-old fellow all-day drinker named Ella May Hooper. Now, I also, quote unquote, read a book. <laughs> it's and reading a book. The, I don't care what anybody yes. says. If you listen to it, you read it. Guys, I have a busy life, as I'm sure all of you do, and I need to multitask. So while I'm in my car, I listen to the book. While I am walking, I listen to the book. While I'm cleaning, I listen to the book. So, the last book I read was probably something by Judy Bloom. Yeah. In like 1984. And don't get me wrong. I do like to re- actually read books. I just don't I can't have the time to put it in right Nowadays, now. Nowadays, if I look at something that's bound, it's got more pictures than words. Right. That's just the way it is. I listen to 
books. Yep. I listen to all of them. I love it. I don't even care what it is. I agree. I have listened to all the Fifty Shades of Grey books. I've yeah. listened. To, those are actually pretty decent. And I, I got to say. I actually read those ones. I did. Of course you did. But you what's good. read them. I No, I actually did read those. Okay. I believe uh, those you. Those ones I read, Mark. Okay. Um, but you get some more information kind of from some of these these books. And I don't know. I just like to listen. Do you know what I hate? All right. So I can (laughs) sidebar because I'm really good at that. I listen to these books and apparently this is what people who read do. The first time I said this line, I was like, I hate myself. I will listen to these books and these books. They'll have a movie that come out after. Yep. And I'm like, oh, my God. The book was so much better. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I do that too. But in the reason why is that when I read a book or listen to a book, if it's not, if it's a fiction book and a great story, I yeah. in my mind picture what the people look like. I do too. And then you see the movie, you're like, ruins this it. is not what they're supposed right, to be. Because it's someone else's vision. Yes. Exactly. I feel the same get, way. Get on the ship with my vision, guys. Exactly. Well, Ella was a known big drinker in that area. She would hang out at the local bars all day long and she was described as kind of like kind of almost alcoholic looking with like a, a bigger midsection and skinny little legs type of thing. I'm looking down right now. No. But I don't drink. You. I you don't, don't drink. That's not you. So anyways, they drank the day away and later that night, Richard took Ella back to his room and raped her at knife point. Oh, boy. Then stole her twenty two caliber pistol. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Sounds huh? like a good time. Such such a good time. I mean, who I wouldn't mean, want to hang out with this dude? He's got the tattoo. He's got to live up to it. He's just nasty. Yep. He's just nasty. Later that same night, now armed with a gun and most likely drunk, Richard walked into a townhouse near Union Hall where a group of nursing students were staying. This was about 11 p.m. So the way it was described is the nursing school rented out a few townhouses off yep. campus and some of the nursing students. Which stayed. is fairly common. It's fairly common. So it was it was a few townhouses together. And then in each in once you're inside in each of the townhouses is like little apartments. Yeah. And the nurses stayed together. So I just wanted to kind of describe that a little bit. So he knocked on the door and 23-year-old Carazon Amareo, sorry, opened the door. Um, So Corazon, there was, I'm going to say this right now, there was three nursing students that uh, were in a program from the Philippines. So they were already nurses in the Philippines. And uh, I believe like 2,000 of them came over and to to be able to get more knowledge uh, through this nursing school in the hospital. And uh, it was said that they got along with the other nursing students, but there was no, um, there was no looking down upon them, but they were actually making money because they were already. Yeah. So there was kind of like a little divide between the American and the Filipino students. I get it. Yep. Anyways, thought I'd throw that out there. Richard forced his way in muscling past the young student. So she literally was like 90, 100 pounds at the most, five feet tall, tiny little thing. Okay. And then she'd also said, though, that it was a normal knock. And like, it could have been another nurse like coming over. Hey, can I borrow some bread? Can yep. I this? So she thought nothing of it. Right. She just opened the door and there, there he was, this six foot one guy piling in. 
So at first there was only six girls home. Okay. Uh, three of the other girls came home a little bit later. So all in all, when it was all said and done, there were nine girls that were living in the apartment. One of them was just staying over. So there was actually eight nursing students. Another nursing student was staying over. Oh, wow. So he took all nine girls that were living there and put them in a room together, telling them they needed to empty their purses. I bet the girls were hoping that he just wanted money or whatever else he could yeah. get his hands on and just leave. And that is what he told them. He basically said, I just want money. I'm not going to hurt you. Hold them full of false hope. Exactly. Richard spent the wee hours of the morning of July 14th doing the unspeakable. He took each girl one by one into a separate room, beating them, raping them, then finally stabbing each one of them to death. Oh, wow. Can you imagine the horror the girls experienced while being attacked and hearing their friend being attacked? No, I could not. Richard finally finished off the last of the girls and took off before someone noticed the massacre. I have a question. Yes. Now, none of us want this to happen to us or anybody we know. But if you were in that situation, I mean, would you want to be the first or the last? Oh, God, I don't know the first. I wouldn't. I, I, I would, too. I could imagine the horror that that last one lived through. And later on, all of them to be in particular, but just imagine being that last one. Oh, I can't. Later on, um, I'm going to give a little more specifics from the one survivor. Okay. And the one survivor that he left because he, I don't know why, didn't realize that he only took eight lives was Cora, the girl that answered the door. Okay. It, she was able to hide under a bed during the entire oh, wow. entire mass killing. So to your point, she heard everything. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Afraid this evil monster was going to return, Cora stayed hidden under the bed until six in the morning. Oh when she God. saw her friend's bloodied dead bodies, she ran to the window and screamed, They are all dead. My friends are all dead. Oh, God. I'm the only one alive. Oh, that breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. Seriously. Yeah, that hits deep. I can't, I, I, that hurts, hurts me so bad. The police arrived on the scene and the frantic young girl was able to give them a description of the man that created such horror. She talked about the pock marks on his face and she also told him about the born to raise hell tattoo on his left arm. Oh boy. Coming back to bite you in the butt. Let me just say what a dumbass. Yep. There were nine girls when this loser arrived and he only killed eight. Not the smartest bulb, was he? No. I mean, what, what led you into that one? Some have said that he was high as a kite on various pills. And There's that's still why, no excuse. And, well, no. And that's why he didn't realize Cora was still alive. Yep. What that's a scumbag. A sketch was drawn right away for the public to see. Authorities were able to pull fingerprints as well. But back then, it took much longer to identify them. It took over a week, opposed to now being almost immediately if they are in the system. Being the coward that he was, Richard knew he would be caught for this heinous mass murder. So he decided to slit his wrist to kill himself. When he saw all the blood, he started freaking out and called for help. Wow, what a mm -hmm. douchebag. You can dish it out, but you can't take it. God, no. An ambulance showed up at his hotel room around 1230 a.m. on July 17th, and he was rushed to the hospital, pocked faced and with his very distinctive tattoo for everyone to see. Luckily, a 25-year-old surgical resident named Dr. Leroy Smith recognized the Born to Raise Hell tattoo. I just think it's amazing. I think it's amazing yeah. that this tattoo is was like, hi, I'm the one who raised the hell. Yep, so, it's me. So the doctor called the police, and of course, he was re arrested right away. 
Good. When questioned, he of course said he had no idea what he had done. For this reason, and the fact that he attempted to kill himself, Richard would be evaluated by five different psychiatrists to see if he was sane enough to stand trial. Oh, this guy's a loser. That's okay. He was said to be sane. Good. By all five psychologists, they also, Mark, said he was a sociopath. Hmm. The dictionary says a sociopath is a person with a personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and lack of conscience. Many people confuse sociopath with psychopath, psychopath which I... Which have, I actually did, and that's why I was a little... Yes. Like, so thank God you came in with the, the <sighs> definition. Thanks, Mark. WebMD had this to say. Psychopaths have less consistent behavior than psychopaths. Psychopaths are more controlled and charming. Their manipulation is more detached and they plan ahead. Psychopaths experience anxiety and find rage far harder to control. They might act without thought and as a result, they may have a harder time blending in. Inconsistencies between their words and their lives may be easier to see. Here are some signs of a sociopath. Lack of empathy for others, impulse behavior, attempting to control others with threats or aggression, using intelligence, charm, or charisma to manipulate others, not learning from mistakes or punishment, lying for personal gain, showing a tendency to physical violence and fights, superficial relationships, sometimes stealing or committing other crimes, threatening suicide to manipulate others without intention to act, Sometimes using drugs and alcohol and trouble with responsibilities such as job, paying bills, etc. Thanks, WebMD. WebMD so, gives me anxiety because, according to them, I should have been dead like 18 all times. All right. So I don't know about you guys, but as I read all that in my mind, I immediately started thinking if I've ever met anybody that I thought could be a sociopath. Yeah. Yep. And it I'll scared like, me. I will like get a little red mark on my arm and then I'll like WebMD it and it'll be like, I'll say to Kristen, I'm like, I'm dying. I have this foreign disease oh that's God. super rare. Oh my God. Like it was good knowing you and I love you. You're a mess. I hey, love it. I have issues. I never said I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> As we can see, Richard has many of these signs. Sure does. The trial began April 3rd, 1967 in Peoria, Illinois. Is it Illinois? It's Illinois. This happened this to you. One, uh, this we, happened to you. You got This happened trouble. to me, and then someone corrected me. To me, I think it's Illinois. Illinois. I don't know, though, because I'm probably wrong. I forget now. You know what I really Is love? Is the S silent? When one person writes to me and says, you're right, it's Illinois. And then the next person writes to me and says, it's Illinois. I'm like, I don't know which one of you to trust. All right. Well, guys, I don't know. It's I-L-L, guys. That one. <laughs> there was a gag order set for the press. You know, so the bastard can have a fair and unbiased trial. I say you should have let the press go rampant. I do too. But whatever. Get her done. Get her done. Richard stood his ground, still saying he didn't remember anything. But the prosecution had Corazon Amareo to explain exactly how the horrific massacre went down. Oh, this is so sad. Cora showed great strength while on the stand when she was asked to identify the person responsible for killing all of her friends. She said, yes, stood up, walked over to Richard and almost touched his chest with her finger and said loudly, 
this is the man. Oh, Good wow. Good for her. Good for her. That's awesome. The trial was less than two weeks long. And on April 15th, 1967, the jury came back with a verdict. Deliberating less than an hour, Richard Speck was found guilty on all counts, and the jury recommended the death penalty. Then, on June 5th, 1967, Judge Herbert Passion sentenced him to die, and and the method to be used was the electric chair. Oh, wow. So he wanted him to feel some pain. Good. Yeah. The Supreme Court reversed Richard's death sentence on oh. June 29th because there was no one on the jury at the time of his trial against the death penalty. So they thought it wasn't fair. She's using air quotes, guys. Because that made me kind of mad. June 28th, 1971 is when that happened. The United States Supreme Court made the decision to keep the verdict of guilty, but to take the death penalty off the table fully. They then ordered Cook County Court, where Richard was tried, to resentence him to prison. I don't like this. Judge Richard Fitzgerald resentenced Richard on November 21st, 1972 in Peoria. The new sentence was 400 to 1200 years in prison, eight consecutive sentences, 50 to 150 years. I love that. I do too. 1200 years. That is fantastic. That is something I've never heard before, but I like it. They were like, this dude is never ever getting out of jail. In 1973, his sentence was reduced to a maximum of 300 years with eligibility for parole. How? Like, I mean, you still, it's still 300 years. But what, why? Why was but it why reduced? why the eligibility of parole being added? I don't know. I don't. We go from, you're going to die in the electric chair to, well, oh, you might get out at some point now. Right. I don't understand it. Thank goodness, Richard was denied parole seven times. The first time he went before the parole board, he was denied only after seven minutes. The sad thing is, as I say all the time, all the family members had to relive what happened to their loved ones every time he was up for parole. Stateville Correctional Center, Illinois. <laughs> or Illinois. There you go. I was where, say, just saying both and now they can't yeah, pronounce. That's true. Is where Richard would spend his life. It's been said that two birds flew into his cell, so he kept them as pets. This gave him the nickname Birdman. He was interviewed by John E. Douglas while in jail. John talks about an encounter with him in his book, Mindhunter. So I think we've, have you, you've heard of Mindhunter. I have okay, actually, yeah. yeah. So he says, at one point, a guard told him pets weren't allowed. Richard asked, I can't have it. With a question mark, like I can't have it. Then he walked over to a fan and threw the little bird in, killing it. Oh my God. That made me sad. The guard said, I thought you liked that bird. And Richard said, I did, but if I can't have it, no one can. Ew. Douchebag. What did that little birdie do to you? Nothing. What did those nurses do to you? Nothing. This guy is classic psychotic. Poor little birdie. He liked to listen to music and he collected stamps. Doesn't sound like someone who's born to raise hell. I don't know about you, but I don't know many stamp collectors born to raise hell. I'm going to go to the convention, though. I'm going to be like, let me see your arm. Let me see your arm. Just making sure you're not born to raise hell. I like how you paused. Born to raise hell. You know, hell. hell. <laughs> Fellow inmates referred to him as a loner. The warden said he was a big nothing doing time. So basically didn't want to give him any like, yep. you know, he's just, just another, another one, you know, another douchebag, totally insignificant. Yep. Richard got in trouble on the regular, getting caught with drugs and even moonshine. 
Like, you know how they can make like yeah. moonshine in jail. I watch a lot of those documentaries. There's, okay. I know we're running short on time, but there's a good movie called Let's Go to Prison where yeah, you have to watch it if you have not seen it. But yeah, they learn how to make moonshine. And then when they get out, they open a business selling jailhouse moonshine. Really? You got to watch it. It's a comedy. It's hilarious. Oh, okay. We'll watch it later. To, we'll have to check it You'll out. You'll thank me. Trust me. His response to getting caught would be, how am I going to get in trouble? I'm here for 200, I mean, excuse me, 1,200 years. That's yeah, his question. Get, get that right. That's 1,200. Yeah. He's so really how, not getting out. So how is he going to get in trouble? What, are they just going to tack like over that. another 1,000 years? I mean, at some point, I mean, what, what are you going to do? Right. I mean, I'm, I'm here forever. You know, put you in solitary, do this, do that. They just make you more uncomfortable. But you ain't getting out, so it's not like it really matters at that point. I get it. True. This is going to be an interesting turn of events that I'm going to read. Okay. <laughs> that I was kind of like, whoa, didn't see it going there. Alrighty. There is a famous video from the prison that was made public in 1996. I looked it up. You should I don't know this. You should look it up. I will. It showed prisoners passing around drugs and performing sec- sex acts on each other. Huh. Richard was seen... In woman's underwear with actual female breasts. Wait, what? Oh, just wait. He was seen doing drugs and then giving another inmate oral sex. He had apparently been taking female hormones somehow, illegally getting them into jail. I cannot make this up. I am. This is document, huh. documented, guys. He thought if he looked more like a woman, the other inmates would be more attracted to him. Oh, right. Let's just let that marinate there for a minute. That was a very interesting twist that I did not expect. Yeah, he just took a left turn off the bridge. Right? The person recording this crazy video asked Richard why he killed the nurses. His reply was, it just wasn't their night. I'm gonna need, I, I, nope, I need the button. I don't, oh, have, I don't have the button. Here, here I'll, do the, I'll do the fairy dust sound. Ready? What in? There you go. All right. I like that. Richard died December of 1991. Oh, I'm so sad. He had a massive heart attack the day before his 50th birthday. And you know what else? No one even came to claim his body. Oh, plopper's field to you, sir. So he was cremated. What a loser. Hopefully they threw his ashes in the trash. (laughs) Put him in the jailhouse liquor. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So let's learn a little bit more about the victims. Yes, because that's I, who this truly is exactly. about. Exactly. I do want I do want to say the Filipino victims and the such there was not much information on them which is very sad, but yes. I do believe it's because they their family lived so far away so they didn't weren't able to provide as much information, so I just I took what I could. Okay? Okay. Corazon Amareo, the only surviving nursing student of the massacre of 66, because that's what they call it, was an exchange student from the Philippines. Like I said, she was said to be super hardworking. And despite being only 4'11", oh, see, I, I got that wrong. I said she was like five feet. She wasn't even five feet. She was said to be a very strong woman. Cora was the one to answer the door when Richard knocked. During her testimony, she said the knocking was done in a normal manner. Richard held Cora and Merlita, a fellow Filipino exchange student, hostage. The monster cut strips of their bed sheets and used them to tie them up. 
Both women saw a chance to loosen their hands from being tied. Marlita, Cora, and their friend Valentina, also an exchange student, were able to hide in one of the bedrooms. They could hear Richard telling the other girls that he wasn't going to harm them. He just needed money. One of the nurses quietly said to the girls, he, she kind of whispered, he's not going to harm you. The girls opened the door to go with the other nurses. Oh, my God. Cora watched Richard take one of the girls into a room and close the door. This is when she realized he was pure evil and decided to hide under a bed. When he got close, she would hide under another bed. This poor woman witnessed the entire massacre, not being able to save her friends and knowing if she was going to be discovered and she too would be killed. What a brave, what a brave woman. And she, just to think about it, right? Okay. I'm hiding for my life. I can hear what's happening to my friends and I want to do something but I can't because I'll get killed too. Yeah. What can you do? Having to make that decision is it's horrible. I mean, think of has the to guilt. live with that the rest of her life. Exactly. Yeah. When she should just be proud that she got him convicted, but unbelievable. Think of all those emotions you have going through. Nina Joshmel. Nina wanted to be a psychiatric nurse and was a student of South Chicago Community Hospital. She is described as having a great sense of humor and was known to be cheerful. She volunteered at at the nursing home and was known for how she cared for the elderly. The 24-year-old had a boyfriend of seven years and was very close with her family. She loved Elvis and cats. Oh, I love cats too. And her favorite color was pink. Her body was found in the bedroom. She had multiple stab wounds and a broken neck. Oh, wow. What a monster. Monster, monster, monster. Patricia Ann Matisik, everyone called her Pat. She was a senior at the time of her murder. She loved children and had plans to work at Children's Memorial Hospital. She was said to be very kind. She had taken care of her dying cousin when he was a teenager. Oh, wow. I know. Isn't that nice? She was also engaged at the time of her death, looking forward to her wedding after she graduated. Pat was found strangled in the bathroom. That horrific night, her stomach was kicked so hard, it ruptured her oh liver. Oh, my God. What is with him in kicking stomachs? Remember, he did that to the, yeah. the waitress at the bar? What a loser. Her father didn't miss one of Rich's parole hearings, even showing up in a wheelchair when he could not walk any longer. That's dedication. He wanted to make sure that Richard never saw the day of light. Pamela Lee Wilkening. Pam was a senior at Chicago Community Hospital. She was smart and a very serious student. She would have graduated in August and was excited to turn 21 around the same time. When she was in high school, she was in the nurses club, the pep club, and she was a swimmer. Pam was Richard's first victim of the eight. She was found in a bedroom with stab wounds straight through her heart. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God, I just can't. It's just so disgusting. Suzanne Bridget Ferris. Susie was what they called her, was religious and attended church almost every morning before starting her day. She was also a senior and was looking forward to graduating. She was planning her wedding to Philip Jordan, her best friend Mary's brother, set for June of 1967. Susie was found strangled with 18 stab wounds to her chest. Oh, my God. She was just 21 years old. So one thing I don't understand, it's like the outright overkill that he does. The rage. It's I don't get it. Towards. Towards. Nursing, young nursing students who have done nothing to even upset you. Yeah, I just don't understand this kind of mindset. I don't either. Mary Ann Jordan, 
Poor Mary wasn't even living at the townhouse with the other nurses. She was staying the night with her best friend, Susie, helping her plan her upcoming wedding to her brother, Philip. So now think of this family, right? Philip loses his, not not only loses his fiance, he loses his sister as well. Yep. She was horrible. She was a 20-year-old senior and would also have graduated in August. All she wanted in life was to help others. She was super close to her younger brother who had Down syndrome and she always looked after him. She was a member of the Future Nurses of America. Mary's body was found with three stab wounds to the neck and face. Ugh. Oh, did Unbelievable. He get, did he get tired? Yeah. Gross. Ugh, this guy. Gross. Valentina Passione. Tina was how what they called her. She was one of the Filipino nurses enrolled in the u.s exchange program that's one of the things that really make drives at home and we've said this before when you you learn their their nicknames nicknames Mm -hmm. and stuff like that it's just one of those it's a lot of times we look at these cases and i think we think like you know we dehumanize them in a way i know as sad as that sounds and i don't mean that in any bad way right it's just that's what we do these were people who had nicknames yeah these are real people and that's what brings it home yeah Tina told her sister that she loved the United States. She could be shy, but got along with everyone. And she liked to tell jokes. She was known to be an amazing cook. So she cooked uh, Filipino meals for everybody uh, and introduced the Filipino way of cooking, which it seemed like she would like to share her culture, which was really, really sweet. She was just 23 when this maniac went on his murder spree. So all these girls were so young. Cut down on the prime of their lives. Right? Next is Merlita Gargulo. Gargulo. Merlita was another exchange student from the Philippines studying at South Chicago Hospital. She was known for her beautiful singing voice. The 23-year-old was found strangled and stabbed next to the body of her friend Tina. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I just, so bad. Gloria Jean Davy. Gloria was involved in many activities in high school. She was even the head cheerleader in a Future Farmers of America sweetheart. When she was a teenager, she wrote for a local newspaper. She was always known to help others. Gloria was a senior excited to be graduating. She was 22 years old when Richard raped and strangled her to death. She was also the eighth victim. So she had to listen. She was the one horrible. So I wrote down a couple things. Uh, Like we said, season one, American horror story. It's called the nurse murders. Yep. It doesn't tell this story, but it's loosely based on the story. The book that I quote unquote read the crime of the century, Richard Speck and the murders that shocked the nation. And it's by Dennis L. Brio and William J. Martin. So there's Really detailed information in there, um, which if I had really, really detailed it, it would have been like three episodes. So I kind of just no, I get it down you. a little bit, but it's I, I definitely would suggest reading it. But such a sad story. It really is unbelievable. Ah, this I knew this was going to be a case that came up yeah. at some point, and I love just having them surprised on me. This so one it makes I, me happy. This one I really wanted to cover for a while now, but I kind of pushed it just because it was one of the more known ones, but yep. you know what? It needs to get out there nevertheless, because there are some people that may not have heard about it. So yeah. And if you haven't, make sure you check out the book and the American oh, horror story and the, and the video. 
Yes, Mark's, I'm going to have to check that Mark's out. I'm going to look that up as soon as we finish recording because he needs to see what I saw. All right, before we go, a quick update, guys. Oh, okay. Uh, my studio still haunted. What happened? It just freaks me out. Like, I get the heebie jeebies. I don't want to be in there alone. So, I had a photo shoot today. I was in there with uh, one of my clients, and she's like, All right, well, I'm out of here. I'm like, Give me like. Two minutes, I gotta like pack up and get the F out of here when you do, because I ain't staying here alone. Guys, I said to him the other day, I go, Mark, are you gonna have to take a pay cut and hire someone to babysit you? Sure am. I'm when- gonna I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna start just showing up without Ugh. you knowing and like Don't and sneaking in and doing weird stuff. Just kidding, I won't do that to you. Oh no, you probably will. Like it totally is in no, but when I'm do. there, I'm going to feed into it. Absolutely. I know you are. So it's such a great thing to look forward to. I am excited to like see some happenings though. I, I swear to God, we will do a walkthrough with yes. the cameras and we will put it out on. What should we do? You know what? You want to watch that? Join the Facebook yes. case watch crime creeps. Yes. Private group. Yes. This is not for the whole no. masses. You want to come? You got to search this out. We'll, I honestly Mark, think we'll we should do a to- full like complete like ghost hunters episode. At can this we go building. down to the basement? We can go everywhere. Attic basement. Yes. So charity's gone through this entire building upstairs. You have the old asylum rooms. There's two of them, one on each side yep. and they are crazy. Yep. Guys watch for it. It's going to happen. We're going to have to do this soon. I No, I really want to do it soon. Plus I mentioned this to a couple of people and they're like, I'm in. Plus we've said, we said we wanted to do a live soon just yeah. for our crime creeps. Oh, yeah. I think we do a live and we walk around, but we also, I think we should do a full-on produced piece, like the whole, you know, just like Ghost Hunters. Can we put scary music in and stuff? We can. We'll we'll write it all up. We'll do it. Okay. I get can the cameras get those, on there and everything. I, I get all this stuff. Look, right, right in front of you, there's a recorder right there. What are those things that they, they do to see if they can catch, like... Oh, EVPs? The EVPs. Yeah, that's what that is right there. What do you mean? It's a recorder. You leave them out and you see if you hear the noise. Oh, okay. I have the security cameras. We'll record it all. I wonder if the security cameras will catch anything. I don't know. They always did on Ghost Hunters. I used to love that show. An aberration. All right. Stop freaking me out. Guys. Support me, T Mark. This is this is why you need to support me. Charity picks on me. First of all, guys. This is this is not something scary. It seems like it's just really? a harmless little boy. I didn't feel any dread when I walked in there. It was all I just knew I could feel something. I didn't feel any dread like something bad was going to happen. I already feel like something plus, bad's going to happen. Plus guys, guess what? It, I think it actually already arrived. I ordered Oh, this thing you showed me. Oh, great. For me and Mark, by the advice of someone close to me who is knowledgeable about these things so that in any spirits will not fo- attach to us and follow us home. Wait a minute. I didn't use this yet and I've already been here. Oh, I was too, but you're fine. You're fine, Mark. So I ordered some Palo, Palo Santo. So you burn it. It's like an incense. Oh my God. Or not really, but you burn it and you, right when we leave, Right? You go like this all around. You realize that I'm going to have like the the neighbors right next door are going to watch us come out and burn these things and putting it all around us. Uh, I think they're going to know exactly what's going on if they've been neighbors for a long time. <laughs> True. They're like, they probably see the little boy smart. in the windows everywhere. All right. Now you're freaking me out. Why is it freaking you out? And all right. It. So I have to tell you something. I had donuts there today because <laughs> I like to bring different stuff for my clients because right. this is a time 
this is a very intimate thing. They like to come in. They do this stuff. So I give, you know, wine, feel cookies, chocolate, donuts. And I was hungry. So I hit Dunkin' Donuts on the way into the studio today. I got out in my car and my client left. And then I looked next to me. I was like, oh, crap. I forgot the donuts up there. I had to go back in to get my donuts. That's so when it comes to ghosts and ghouls or donuts, we know what one wins because I ate all those things on my way home. So I went back in and I faced down. God only knows what for your donuts. Yeah, they were two Boston creams from Dunks. I had to get them. Right, because what if what if they were moved? If I went in there and there was a bite out of one of them the next day, that was all I had to know. All right, guys, follow the chronicles of the Boudoir Noir Studios. It's going to be awesome. Like, I can't wait to do this. And Mark seeing things. Oh, yeah. We'll keep you updated. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.